yes, yes. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Out Podcast. I'm your host, L. Felix, along with my co-host and good friend, Uncle Mike. That's what we're going with, Uncle Mike. Yeah, I've accepted it now. You know, accept part of me now. Ladies, I've gotten good feedback. They've been hitting me up on Instagram, Twitters, and all that good stuff, saying, "Who is this Uncle Mike dude? What happened to Micah?" I was like, "Yo, when you get a ride up in in in, in, in Atlanta, and you know, what I'm saying, and you people people know you now, you got to change your credential. You can't be who you used to be. It's Atlanta. You got to be somebody different. Yeah, you got to be different. Live up to the moniker now. So. Yes, sir. But joining us today, good friend and someone who I've been waiting to have on the show. Um, let's say this. He is a father. He is a husband. He's an ad man. And when I, I say ad man, A-D-M-A-N, not A-S-S man, ad man. You know what I'm saying? My good friend, Mr. Jason Hood, joining us today, talking fatherhood and everything involved with it. What's up, Jay Hood? What's good, fellas? Appreciate it, man. Good to be here. You know what I'm saying? Good to, to be here with us. You know what yes. I'm saying? I want to say thank you for that because you know the pandemic has taught us you got to appreciate people when yeah. you have them in front of you. You can't just wait. We've lost too many people. Just making sure we always say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definite, definite. So today we're talking fatherhood and everything involved with it. So now I want to frame this conversation not just like, okay, it's going to be about the black father and only the black father. I want to get past where it's about fatherhood and black men, white, Hispanic, Native American, we're just all lumped into one, where it's just, as a father, what can you do and what do you do? You do? But for, for just framing the, the conversation to start off, you know, I've, I went online doing research like I normally do for my shows because I take you seriously, Hood. And we were talking off camera before we started. And the, the, the myth about the black man is what? Absent, not around, uh, just not, not involved. We just, we just make involved. them, mm-hmm. you know, like Papa was a Rolling Stone. Like, who's mm-hmm. that? The temptations, whoever saying that? Was temptations. Yeah. Saying? Like, at one point, maybe, but we know, we know there's all kind of societal and let's say, what's a systematic issues that, that, that had that in place where, you know, slaves were taken from their, their families and br- brought to different plantations, used to breed. So the mindset was, I'm just going to move around. And that's something that's beyond, that's psychological, systemic. But now going forward, that's somehow becomes still the norm. Like whenever you see a black father, be like, oh, so proud of you to be with your child. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, this is not anything new to me. Like my daddy was with me too. So it's like, <laughs> where did that come from? So just some numbers to back up the conversation as we frame it going forward. It says, you know, CDC has a study for this. It says of the 2.5 million black fathers were living with their with their children versus like 1.7 million not living with their children. That means just living apart. Mm-hmm. That's not really stating involvement. But people tend to look at, okay, he's not with the mother. They're not married. So that means he's an absent father. When in all actuality, that is a total fa- lie. Let's, let's, I won't even say false, falsity. I'll say a lie. Whereas every one of us, you know, Mike are not including, he might have some kids out there. We don't know yet. We have to run some tests, but you know, Jason and I used to, all oh, we had these conversations when he was having his first, his son, Hendrix. Yeah. Like, he, he came to us. He was myself, good friend Duval and Lee, and we would have conversations and he approached us. And this is why I felt like this was a good conversation to have because we didn't push the conversation. He came asking questions about fatherhood and what is it like, you know, 
what are some of the, the negatives and, you know, the, the positives, you know, the stresses and whatnot. So we had those conversations. So today we're going to have that same exact conversation to just, you know, vibe back and forth. Hopefully we have some people chiming in online and ask some questions and we go from there. So before we go deep into the conversation, I, I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and let the world know who you are. No doubt, man. So uh, Jason Hood, um, like Lindsay said, professionally, you know, I'm in, in the advertising industry for the past past 10 years, uh, married to my wife, Jordan, for six years now. We've been together 11, married six. So that'll, that'll give you some insight into that, uh-huh. Uh-huh, That the different family structures that I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll dive into. Um, and then we have our, our son, Hendrix, who's three years old. He just turned three in June. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a he's a ball of fire, man. He's everywhere. So uh, that's really the life, man. It's work, it's family, it's uh, and, and that's it. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, starting off the conversation, as a father, like starting off, when when you found out, like this mm-hmm. is just for our own fun, when Jordan came and said, uh, "Babe, um, <laughs> she came with you with the little blue thing." Like, what what color did this say? Like, <laughs> what was that like for you? Like when when you first found out. What was the feeling like for you? Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't so much like plan. It wasn't mm-hmm. not planned, but it wasn't. We weren't like actively. You weren't throwing like, the dice like. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> like a seven, like a seven. No, it wasn't like that. Um, but we knew, you know, we we knew what we wanted. So yeah. mm-hmm. we took the we did the test. We did the whole like together thing. Like we, you know, we was like once I remember this clearly. Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Took the test, put in the bathroom, we sit on the bed waiting to like, you know, watch the clock, like, all right, when is it? When is it gonna? And then um, and this is the first breakfast test we ever took as a couple. Yeah. And it came out positive. And that, I mean, that I I I distinctly remember that moment just being like the excitement. I can't even explain the excitement mm-hmm. that I felt in that moment. It was I, the fear hadn't even set in yet. It was just like, yo, like this is the thing that we've been talking about our whole relationship. And as a, you know, just I've been thinking about personally my mm-hmm. whole life for a bunch of reasons that I'm sure we'll dive into as far as, you know, uh, my familiar upbringing. But it was just excitement, man. And it was it was anticipation of not knowing anything. I, I didn't know how much I didn't know in that moment. Yeah. And, and I can I can attest to that. Like my when we found out we were having my son, Micah, like, you know, we had, we had officially said, you know, we're going to try for it, but you know, you never, you always hear like, it's not something you can, you can decide when you're going to, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. So when we finally, I remember my wife and I were at the house and we had a little rental house. We were in, in, um, in the city and I had gotten on her nerves and I guess she had gotten mad at me. And I, you know, she was like, Oh, you're making me mad, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's been two weeks and I haven't had my, my, my friend. And I was like, I know, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, Hmm, you know, so as a man, you know, your wife's, you know, patterns and everything. So I was like, I kind of knew, I, but now that you're saying it, you know what I'm saying? She kind of like, she dropped it on me to see if I, I guess if I would, which would, would shake, but I was like, nah, 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 I've been waiting for this. Yeah. So like, I remember when it happened and everything, everything was good to go. It was like, just like you like at first, wow. I got somebody pregnant, you know what I'm saying? We going to have a kid. And then like a week or two later after like the first got, you know, gynecologist visit and the OBGYN and whatever, I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to have a kid. And then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The doctor, 
she was like telling us all the things we got to do to baby classes, this. And then it hit me like, oh, am I ready to have a kid? Even though I thought I was, you know, married, college graduate, full-time job. It was still like, am I ready for this? Because you started seeing, okay, baby crib. We got to get insurance. We got to make sure we have insurance. We got to go to all these visits. Oh, hold up. We got to buy clothes. What are we going to do for um, baby bottles? And you start looking at a myriad of things. And then the sh- you know, all of a sudden you're like stressed out. It's and overwhelming. Yeah, it's overwhelming. So yeah. when that, did that happen to you or, you know, um, how, how did you handle it? hundred percent, man. So it's like I, what I call like the quiet moment. So like when you're like when you're in the bed at night and everything's mm-hmm. quiet and you're just looking at the ceiling and your brain's going 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And your little pause moments throughout the day when when you just kind of in your own thoughts, man, I was just like, first of all, there's no turning back uh-huh. at this point. <laughs> can't run nowhere. No, can't run nowhere. All the chips in the middle of the table at this point. And you can't say it ain't mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it was scary. It was scary because you and do all those things. It's like uh, you think about all your deficiencies. Like, am I going to be able to like give him the advice that he, he needs? I knew I was having a son at a certain mm-hmm. point. I'm going to be able to give him the uh, advice he needs. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to provide. It's all these things that are going through your mind like at one time, and it's just it's overwhelming, man. It's, and there's and I I think it's I would think it's natural to me. It means you care if, yeah. if you're worried about all that stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why I look at it. Shout out to my man, Melvin Worsley. I was thinking I was going to have a boy until my wife hit me with the pink color. <laughs> hey, and that's another thing we're going to get into the gender. We, we'll get into that later. What's up, Melvin. But yeah. So it's like that stress. Like I was, I was, I was scared, but I was excited because it changes your psyche. Like, at first, it was just me and my wife. We out here doing our thing. But now you're like, I'm going to be responsible for someone else. Yeah. And I'm going to, and then you start looking at every child and you be seeing little bad kids everywhere like, that ain't going to be mine. You know what I'm saying? Be like, who your daddy is? Like, why your daddy ain't your life? I'm just kidding. But what's the name? Like, that was me. That was me. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Jay. No, it's funny you say that because, and we may be skipping ahead a little bit, but- I didn't even realize how much free time I had before the bed. Like mm-hmm. I thought I was busy and I was, I was, I was busy. I was filling my, my, my day up with things that just, I wanted to do. Yep. But then when the baby comes, it's like, Oh, this, every moment that you're not providing, mm-hmm. making money to provide for this thing. Yeah. Uh, you're taking care of this, this mm-hmm. person physically every second of the day. And it's, I didn't, that never really crossed my mind until it was go time to the, he was here. Until he was here. Yeah. And, that was going to lead me. Sorry, yeah. not to cut but, you off, Lynn. That was going to lead me to my next question. Like for both of y'all, like what thoughts or worries did you have prior? Like how did that change your daily worries? Cause I imagine like my whole thought process would be completely different. You want to take it, Jay? You go. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I got there's two there's two ways of that, Mike. So there's two ways in on that. There's the emotional side. So getting going into you know my dad and my my mom and dad weren't together, mm-hmm. and unlike you know, unfortunately, like stereotype, like he I, he wasn't that that day to day present for me yeah. uh, after they got divorced. Before they were divorced, it was yeah, it was it was you know sports, it was homework, it was. Yeah. Talks. It was all that stuff, and then when they got divorced, they, the relationship, the dynamic just changed. Okay. So <clears throat> I didn't 
there was one the fear of of just not being there. Mm-hmm. That just day they fear of like, damn, like I'm. Would it is there ever a scenario where I'm not going to be there for Hendrix? And, and I, then, I that's a thought too. Yeah, that's amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, like I, I just you don't know what it is, but I'm just hoping that that never actually comes to, come to life. And then the other one is I just don't I just don't know. Like I know how to change a diaper, sure, but it, the way you feed and burp and the timing and the schedules and uh, when you switch from this baby product to that baby product, like there's all these things that I just had no idea about, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that I didn't know because a lot of it was being was coming at me like like full speed as we were mm-hmm. trying to trying to learn quickly, and I was like, I'm learning how much I don't know, mm-hmm. and and that was just the fear of the unknown is probably what like day to day weighed on me the hardest. Like I don't know what I don't know right now, and that's scary. Yeah, and for me, and for me, it was along those lines too. It was okay. I knew all these things that I went to school for and that I was good at. And fatherhood is not something anybody can say I'm good at off the bat. You just have to be. It's not something you can say I'm qualified to be a father. Like anybody's qualified to be a dad. A father is someone who's there to take care of, you know? So for me, it was like, I got scared and I reached out to my my dad and I spoke to buddies who had kids. Like a couple of my homeboys had kids younger than I. I didn't have my son until I was 35. I had sisters that had kids. So I, you know, I would talk to everybody and tell them, yeah, I'm having a kid. And they'd be like, you know, look out for this. If you need anything, reach out to me. And I think that's what helped me the most. Also, my wife being who she is, being prepared, you know, she was, you know, saying it would made it easier. Like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. But I, you know, having that support system of people who were really in my corner, not just, hey, man, congratulations. You having a little baby boy. You're going to be a ball player. Like, no, nah, it was more or less, hey, man, if you need us, you know, I'm here. My best friend, Mike, my man, Calvin. They were like, if you need us, you know, we got you, you know, talk to other friends, just like any questions you have, male and female. And I think that was the key. The support system is what helped me get through it. Like, you know, and then also listen to her doctor. Her doctor told us, um, the gynecologist told me one key thing. She was like, the best thing you can do for your wife is just to be there at everything. Make this a priority. So every daddy, we had to do a daddy and mommy and me class. I was there. Visits, I was there. Like, I tried to be at everything. She said, that's the, so that way you can learn and be involved because the stereotype, not just for the black father, is the mother goes through all the stuff. The day of the, the, day of the um, delivery, the dad goes in and just sits there, waits to get the good news. You've seen it in the movies. Mm-hmm. It's a boy, it's a girl, and he, he gives a cigar and everybody's high-fiving while the wife is in there doing all the pushing. So she was like, you have to be involved. Like, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to be involved. That's going to help her, and that's going to help you going forward. So I think a good support system and people to lean on, mm-hmm. and you yourself just having to say, I'm going to be involved. Because that goes back to what you were saying about the involvement of your dad. Like, my mother and my father weren't married, but I did have this the same structure of my dad and my stepmom. Mm-hmm. So I was able to see you know, that mother-father figure, even though it wasn't my mother with my dad, but at least I had that mother and father figure in the house growing up. So I saw the involvement and saying, Hey, he did this for me. I can't go backwards and be the stereotype that everybody talks about. So if he did this, I got to be ready to go that next level. So it's like, it wasn't, it was, it's that support system and having that to look at you yeah. know what I'm saying, like having to see that my dad was there and I saw that my uncles were there. And even if my uncle wasn't married to my aunt, he was still there. 
Mm-hmm. Like we go to family functions, he'd show up not being like, well, I'm with somebody else. I ain't going to show up still showing up as part of the family. And I think having that does help. And then for you without your, not saying without your dad being there, he was there, but not as involved as you like. How did that shape you going forward in your mindset with your son Hendrix on the way? Well, you know, and actually I want to, I want to, I'm going to answer that question. I want to take, cause you mentioned something mm-hmm. that I do want to touch on, which is that I came to you and Deval and Lee before we were even pregnant. Like I, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to say the reason is because I saw contemporaries. I saw guys that were in the same space in life as me um, who already had in Deval and Lee's case, multiple children. Multiple. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Right. You had you had your son, and and I just remember, you know, every time we come in and interact, the kids would be a point of conversation for you guys. So I saw it as as an example, and also as like a a wealth of knowledge. Like if you don't if you don't tap into this and try to, because you know you're going to be there eventually. If you don't try to tap into this, you're stupid. And so at the same time, I have a circle of my my two best friends, Brandon and Justin. Mm-hmm. They had kids before me. To your point, like I we were the last. I was the last of the group to have kids. Mm-hmm. You know? My boy Justin had two daughters. Um, my boy Brandon had a son a year before uh, Hendrix came out, and so I was able to just see how they moved and operated and went through things. and And that might have been why I had more questions because mm-hmm. I was seeing they doing all this, and I'm like, I never heard. Like, what is, you know, what am I missing here? So, um, but you're right. I think leaning on the circles around you um, is super important. Now to go back to your question mm-hmm. is okay. So, how how did your family structure? impact the way that you approach fatherhood. And, and I always say like fathers teach either through example or uh, through cautionary tale. Like mm-hmm. you're going to teach your son one way or another or, or your child one way or another. And so for me, and part of it was probably like going up with a lot of anger. And I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm never going to do that. Like if I, if I can, if I can just not be absent, if I'm just there, then I know I'll be a good dad, right? And you know, growing up, I would go to friends' houses and they have a traditional family structure. And a lot of it was just like, yo, like, like this is crazy. Like, you know, like, okay, I see how this is supposed to look. And yeah. to your point, my grandparents were examples. My grandfather is that is that kind of male father figure of how it's supposed to be done. So I had examples. I had different places to go and, and get that, get that, get that that learning of those teachings. Um Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't the traditional structure, yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah, uh, you want to say something, Micah, or I'm, I'm gonna jump? No, I'm good. Okay, okay. So you know, so 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 having that example of someone in there, it's it's amazing, and that leads me towards where I want to go next. Like when you when when your wife and you, you know, decide, okay, we're having this child. What was the relationship like between? Because I, I, I always want to know, like, you always see the stories of, okay, the woman is this and the man is laissez-faire kind of in the background. <laughs> Your involvement in, in her in her dealings with you, like, what was it like? Because I know with my wife, she took the lead, but I, I was, like, very involved. Like, gotta get, I was more on the, the, the analytical side. I was like, oh, I got to worry about insurance. I got to make sure, what if about daycare and stuff like that? And she was just worried about the health because you know, we're at different stages because the, the woman is dealing with the baby. So all that other stuff is not even on her mind. Yes, it is. But she's worried about the baby more. So where I was like, baby's going to be fine. How are we going to pay for this baby? Mm-hmm. Like, what if we got to send him to daycare? Can we afford daycare? Mm-hmm. 
diapers. You know how much diapers are going for nowadays? Like what kind of diapers should we do? Should we do, you know, disposable diapers, this and the other? How was that experience for you? Because there's a whole world of Bye Bye Baby that I got addicted to. So I want to know <laughs> what, what where you stood on that. Yeah. So I think I think our 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 wives are similar. Like my wife was she's super proactive, especially when it comes to to Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's on the the uh, mommy and me books. And so yeah. from jump, he was on a schedule that to me, I thought was normal because it's our only child. And she put this schedule, this, this kind of schedule in front of us. So within I think three to four months of him being born, he was sleeping eight hours at night okay. because of this super strict schedule that she, she had him on. Created? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was like to the, uh, to the, to the minute. Right. And so he got on the schedule and now he sleeps 12 hours every day. He's That's like living life. Hey man, he's down at like seven 30 and then he's back up at seven in the morning. Y'all adopting? Y'all adopting? Right. <laughs> 45 year old black man. Looking for right. <laughs> I need that 12 hours. You can take care of me. I'll sleep 12 hours. <laughs> I'm bringing a wife and, and two kids, but you know what I'm saying? Hey man, we can't take we can't take you here, bro. We'll take the kids with the wife. We ain't taking you. You crazy. <laughs> no, so so yeah, so she's she was she she kind of gave us that that springboard. Mm-hmm. And we also are blessed to be, you know, both of us have family roots here in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. And so um we have great aunts that are retired, and so we knew. When we were ready to go, when we need to go back to work, paternity and maternity leave was yeah. over. We had a family member that he could go to for eight, nine hours a day. Mm. And no worries. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's raised all, you know, so many kids in the family. She is literally the the personification of love, like literally an angel. That's on mother her. love, right? That's mother yeah. love. That's mother love, right? Yeah. So we knew we were straight. Um, and then at that point, it was about us putting the plan together around, okay, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But we want to also get the traditional academic and social base yeah. so that when he's ready to go to school, he's ready to go. So we were getting that that kind of preschool planning, mm-hmm. but we had that, that afforded us a time to do that. So um we, you know, she 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 took the lead in getting that, getting us, like I said, that springboard, getting us set up structurally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, it was also like, okay, now we got all these expenses that we gotta worry about, like how are we gonna pay for this, how are we gonna pay for that? And at the time, I mean, babies give you hustle. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. What, what you know? Our progression since then has been its market. Like, it's it's not a it's not an insignificant thing. And so, um, I think he's a lot has a lot to do with that. Uh, not to say that we wouldn't have anyway, but um, the hustle. It's, it's, it's an extra push. I mean, yeah. I think you may have gotten to that, but it might have taken a little longer because yep. it would have been at your pace. Yeah. But now you have this other person because I agree with you when it comes to, you know, that family thing, like as a parent, like I would look at my parents and the things that when you start looking around like, man, they sacrificed that for me. Like as you get older, you're like, man, that must have been hard. But when we had my son, like that hustle started because I was just working one job freelancing here and there. But when we realized we have my son, I started looking at the cost of things. And I was like, first thing I I was like, I got to get more jobs. So working a full time job eight to five. And then at, um, at art Institute. And I was like, but then I went back to, uh, WSB editing the news. So I would do that Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning from like three in the morning till the, the news was done. I would leave about seven 30, get in my car, drive back to Dunwoody to go to work for another eight, nine hours. And then on the weekends, I was 
like a proctorate for like a master's degree online virtual hybrid class. Yeah. So I'd be there with the students when they were virtual. Yeah. Mm. So I would be there all day Saturday, all day Sunday, because I was looking at the prices of things. I was like, I got to get all the money I can to pay bills <laughs> and all, all that stuff and have some ahead of time. Hey, yeah. Mike, let me tell you a story. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if Linda remembers this conversation that we had um before this is this is one of those i wasn't even trying to have a mm -hmm. kid yet. Mm -hmm. and i think we was it was we was at work talking about, of course we was working hard we yep. was at work talking about uh like denzel movies like mm -hmm. uh, like our favorite denzel movies mm -hmm. and john q, <clears throat> john q came up we oh, about, oh notorious like, yeah <laughs> that's a notorious i'm about to write that the dad movie that's right that's it. so so we was all talking again. I don't have no kids, and all these dudes do. And Linton said this thing that always stick with me. He was like, "Yo, before I had my son, and I saw this movie, it it didn't hit me the same way as it did after I had." Him. He was like, "I would absolutely jump to a hospital if I had to. <laughs> Just bury me. I'm not gonna bury you. Like it was one of those kind of things." Oh man, I would hold hostage. I'd be like, "Take whatever organ you need from me." Like. Like when I first saw that movie, I was like, I get it. But when I have my son and I seen it again, man, I was get it, bro. Like I'm sitting here like seeing my son. Like every I'm I'm a softy right now. Like yep. you know on Instagram, like I digress. But Instagram when they have them things when the soldiers come and surprise their kids. Oh yeah, man, I sit there for like a good hour crying. Like, <laughs> like yo, he was gone, and this kid he was came back. He came back, and this kid like. Cause all I can imagine is like that kid that lost, like yeah, just to see that parent. Like I get it now. Like before, without a kid, I was like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Hashtag black love. But now it's like hashtag tears. I'm crying right now. Like yeah. it's an amazing feeling. Like so, yeah, 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 yeah. You got me on that. John Q. That I can't watch that movie no more. That scene when he's like, oh. <laughs> like nah, I'd be like nah, nah. I couldn't do. It. It's too I heavy. Do it, but I can't watch it no more. I can't watch it no more. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. But um, back to what we were saying, like, I, the, the whole thing leading up to my son and, and kids in general, we just have to, it's just, I, I had to be involved. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I saw my family, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have the traditional mother, father together, but I had that structure. I had, in, 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 the, in the islands, you have a lot of people around you. You're used to that community. But we didn't always have, in the household growing up, everybody with the the father was always kids by a different father whatever but they always were there and around and whatnot so one of the things that always when i was growing up that kind of influenced how i went about dating and looking at marriage growing up like i didn't look at it as oh i'm gonna go out there and as a young single man just do what i gotta do because you know my mom had seven of us and so i was like I want to have a kid, but I want to be with the woman. And I was always scared. Like I would be out there and get somebody pregnant and I wouldn't be able to be around my child mm -hmm. every minute that I wanted to be around them. I would be limited to, okay, you're going to go see them on this time at bedtime. You aren't going to get to see them at night. You're going to be sleeping somewhere else. So that was always my fear. Mm -hmm. I approach fatherhood and marriage is one in the same, like whoever I'm going to, have a child with, I'm going to be with because I don't want to be away from my child. Like even for work, traveling away from work, I hate traveling for work. I'll do it because I have to and it's a cool experience. But as, as soon as I'm done, I'm coming back home. So that kind of was my psyche towards parenthood and fatherhood was like, 
I've got to be married to the person, but at the same time, I, I didn't feel like if I did get someone pregnant, I'm going to make sure I'm in their life. Well, so, that, go ahead. You know, Lindsay, because you're bringing up something. I like the way you're linking parenthood and marriage. And I, I, I know we don't, this is not supposed to be a marriage dominant conversation. No, it's, all, it's all inclusive. It's always different ways to be a parent. Mm -hmm. But talk a little bit about, because I agree, D. Felix. Talk a little bit real quick about, um, like, because every marriage is going to have that that rough spot, that thing, like that moment where you're tested. Mm -hmm. And if you already have a child or children, mm -hmm. then that totally changes the equation of how you problem solve or how you conflict resolute. Like it, it changes the way you approach things, because I'm sure it's a lot easier to not fight as hard if you don't have you know, that child for all the reasons that you just mentioned. Yeah. Well, with, with, with marriage and the, with the kids being involved, like my mindset has always been, I'm going to be there for my kids. So marriage I see as part of that. I'm, until it's out of my control, I'm going to fight for that. So if we're having, in, in, our, in our marriage, I know my wife's listening. She'd be like, let me tell my business. <laughs> like, you know, the reality, this is just my approach. Like there's nothing that she and I can argue about that. I, I told her this. There's nothing that you and I can argue about that I would ever say, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. there's nothing mm -hmm. to me there's nothing that we can argue about that i'm just going to pick up and say i'm done with you i'm out of here because it's all in the same for me my marriage and my kids go hand in hand like i got married because i want to have kids with this woman right and i want to go forward with her so anything we we, we may argue about being money i do something stupid but like you know leaving dirty dishes whatever to me if i gotta say i'm sorry i'm sorry i messed up because to me, this marriage is more important than any being right about anything and any ego stuff, because my kids are dependent on this. So I feel like if I'm away, that's going to change. It's like back to the future. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Marty gets in the car race at the end and, <laughs> but because he went back and he realized he got paralyzed. He got in a bad accident. His life went one way. I'm always cognizant of like, what if I'm not there full time? And is that one day my son and my daughter needs me to be there and something happens in their life that I can't talk to them about or change their opinion on. And that drastically changes their outlook or their direction in life. I would be, I would be, you know, heartbroken that I wasn't there to help. And there was a moment that I wasn't available. Like, so that's why to me, like marriage, like I, I don't want other people to think like, Oh, you just got to do it for the kids because you, you just want to stay with the kids and be unhappy. No, my thing was, if you're going to get married, make sure this is something you want to do and with the person you want to do it for, for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So that's it's how I approach it. It's all one and the same. Like you're, yeah. the, that happiness in marriage, the, the the kids, everything is all put into that. It's kind of look at the same lens. I like the way you try to put that together. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not like, oh, we're married, but we have kids. No, no, no. Yeah. We're married and we have kids. Like that's mm -hmm. part of the package because I want to create that family for my kids going forward. It's not something that I had, you know, hundred percent the, the traditional way, but it was there, but you know, my mom lived in Trinidad. I lived in the U S with my dad and my stepmom. So it's always been that like, I don't like, I know for my mom, like having conversations with her that it hurt that I wasn't there and she wasn't there to see me grow. But as a parent, like that's something it taught me as a parent, I'm willing to do whatever for my kids. She was willing to let me go live 
thousands of miles away. But I was like, that's what I'm like. I'm trying to be as a parent. Like, if she can do that, then mm-hmm. I can be there. I can make things work in my marriage. Like, giving your kid up and living on another side of the world and just seeing your child whenever, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, I, I don't know how she does it, but that influenced greatly, you know, how I approach fatherhood and parent, uh, fatherhood and marriage. So your mom was John Q, is what you're saying? Yeah, my mom was John Q. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Damn. That's it. Look, see, that's why, that was why we talked to her, like, he keep be bringing out there like I see it now. Like, like <laughs> my mom, wow, it's John Q. You know, she's Lynn Q. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I digress. But so, like another thing, like your, your structure of your male friends. Yeah. You know, what is that like? Because I know for you know, I see a lot of dudes that I went to college with, and now it's become like, like that's why I never understood when people say black men aren't there because a lot of the guys that i know like it's become a badge of honor like i'm sure back in the day yeah maybe people didn't realize that black fathers in the house because we weren't taught to be emotional yeah that's why i want to go now with the emotional part like we got the fatherhood being there whatever but it's now about just being more than present and being a father it's being emotionally involved with your kids so like growing up you know your father was there and he would be the stoic one and blah 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 but now I see a lot of guys like on Instagram, I with the social media trend and, and, and uprising, like people are more like, hey, me and my kids out here with my kids, you know what I'm saying? Like wanting to show, like, I just love being with my kids. Like, have you guys noticed that? Like, is that something that you're even your friend circle? Oh, yeah. Is that something you might? I know. And you're single, dude. So, yeah, well, my best friend, he actually um, he has four. He has four um, little oh, wow. ones. Um mm-hmm. And he had his oldest he had when we were I think 16 years old. Wow. And and the stigma, it, it's kind of annoying because I see him since I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. like give away his, you know, teenage years, you know, to take care of his son. You know, and I've seen that firsthand every day. He's been in every visit. He's not perfect. You know, we're not. But he is there, you know, and they are we are out here. You know, there are fathers out here. So. Yeah, I see that. I have plenty of friends that have kids, and they're there. They're taking, like you said, they're posting. They're yeah. not hiding it. It's not a shameful thing. It's, you know, they wear it as a badge of honor, which you should. It is a blessing, you know. It is a blessing because I have guys, they're like daughters, sons, they're just showing their kids. And I think that vulnerability with our generation from starting from, what was it, Generation what, what was oh. it? Generation X? Yeah. And going forward, it's becoming more accepted and almost frowned upon like if you ain't out here bigging up your kids what's wrong with you well, yeah like yeah what's yeah your kid do to you <laughs> you know what i'm saying so like your your friends like you know your circle around you like is that something that you see as as the norm now yeah man like i go back to my boys justin and, and brandon like we're, we're really lucky to we're you know we became men together like we all met each other when we were like 14 years old. So we're talking about damn near 25 years of of just like genuine friendship. And we've gone from being teenagers to college to professionals to then adding to the circle with wives. They're both married and then having children, adding to that circle mm-hmm. um, and then celebrating birthday. Like it's Uncle Jason, it's Uncle Brandon, it's Uncle mm-hmm. Justin, right? So that's like mm-hmm. that big extended family that we're able to have 
And it's not just about each of us individually celebrating our kids. We celebrate each other's kids. Yep. Right. And so it's all we are just as proud when I get to see Justin's little Kimmy or little Juju when they go do something, you know, great in school or they have a passion that they they love. They love making jewelry now. Like I want you to make I want to be a part of that with you. Right. And so mm -hmm. when Hendrix is going and starting soccer at three, they're like, yo, that's dope. Like, you know, they, they're, they're at the games cheering along. Yes, they're interested. So um, it feels to answer your question. It just feels second nature, man. Like when we. It just it just organically just organically progressed into these people. We never had, and we we of course we had conversations going up like yo, you know, and it was it was actually I think you get into this point like we always wanted to have a family, yeah, and, and it was something that we were always it was a goal, just like it was I want to be this profession or I want to you know do this um, in my academic career, whatever it was. We always had this goal of you know one day having kids and raising them the right way because we each individually had our own separate upbringing issues, celebrations, uh, trials, the whole deal. And so mm -hmm. it shapes how you look forward into the, the family that you bring it up. So it just felt natural to us because um, I think we're lucky in that way. Um, but I don't think it's also don't think it's unique. I think to your point, generationally, is something that now we have social media, you can share things instantly. Yeah. Everybody wants to share. Because when you look at humanity, mm -hmm. white, black, polka dot, Whatever, I don't care where you, how much money you you make, what neighborhood you come from. Mm -hmm. When you say what's important to you across the board, you're gonna hear the same answer. I want my family to be safe. Yep. I want myself yep. to be safe. I want to provide for my like have a a, a, third, a thriving family. These are all things that mm -hmm. are human experience. And so, um, I, as I say, I don't think we're unique in that way. Uh, but it is it is good to kind of see that and, and be able to share that. It's it's changing the actual imagery. Yeah. Like, the you know, the black dads, you know, black, black dads, like I want, you know, it's cool to change that imagery. And I just want to be part of the norm. Yeah. It's yeah. not, I don't want it to be something special. We did. I want it to be what you, like Chris Rock said, like, what was it in his, um, was it bigger and blacker? He said, when brothers be like, I take care of my kids. He was like, hey, you're supposed to take care of your kids. Like <laughs> it's not supposed to be an achievement. It's something you're supposed to do. So once you like, that's why I want to be part of the, the lexicon of, he takes care of his kids. He's a good father, period. Not just a black father. That's a subset. And I'm, I will accept that and I will be proud of that. But I just want to be considered a good father. So anybody talking to me is not looking at like I'm doing something beyond the pale, like something that has never been done before. A black man takes care of his kids. Like it's always happened. It's just that we've they've they've harped on this, like all the Candace Owens and them talking about like it's like whenever there's violence and you say, oh, there's violence here. But what about Chicago? It's the same thing in the black community. Like, oh, man, drugs are a problem in the black community. No. What about the black father? Like, nah, bro. Yeah. Like, that's part of the issue. Some people not having guidance, but that's not the root of it all. There's other things going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so now that, we, you know, we, 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 we've kind of addressed, you know being fathers and, and the stigma attached to it and just making it more of a a mainstream thing just to be a good dad. As a good dad, like I know for me, like the John Q thing is something that gets me, right? So so I want to go back to the to the delivery room, right? Oh were you there? Absolutely. That we had a we had a we we had a emergency C section. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we you know, she's doing the whole thing, getting fully dilated, uh -huh. um, and everything's progressing the way it should be. 
and actually quicker than it probably should. Like we were, I was like, oh, this is not, I'm thinking this is gonna be a 48 hour ordeal. And this is like, we, we moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I noticed the doctors kept coming in and out a little frequently. And I'm like, what is, what is going on? And uh, my son's uh, heart rate was dropping. Oh, okay. was lower than it it could be for a natural, natural uh, birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they ba- they gave us a warning. It was like, all right, we're going to watch this. And then uh, after about an hour, they were like, all right, they just brought the whole team in and mm-hmm. put her on, you know, wheeled the bed out. And like, all right, dad, put the suit on, put the hat mm-hmm. on, you know, we'll do a, a C-section. And, but they didn't really explain everything, right? So mm-hmm. they will her into the, um, will her into the uh, emergency, I'm sorry, the operating room, but they sat me on a chair outside while they prepped, mm-hmm. but no one's telling me anything. And so like people are walking by, I'm literally texting my boys. I'm like, yo, like, I don't know what's going on right now. Like I'm damn near, I'm, I'm, I'm watering up. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, is something wrong? Like, am I, like no one, no one's giving me any information. And I'm, I'm texting them. And they're like, yo, it's just calm down. It's going to be okay. They're doing what, you know, they're supposed to be doing for the baby and for mom. And so yeah. uh, after about 30 minutes, I was just sitting out on that chair outside. It felt like two hours, bro. Yeah. Uh, they get me in the operating room. And then uh, I'm on, the, I'm on the, the head side of the curtain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just keeping keeping mom uh, calm, calm and yep. uh, all of a sudden, man, we heard that we heard that cry, mm-hmm. and then I looked around the curtain, and he was up there with his thing, just like hanging out everywhere, and he was just like, "Blah blah blah!" My man is here. My man is here. Ah uh, man, like so, Micah. Like I don't know if you ever been in, you ever been in the delivery room or around a, a birth. Yeah, I was out. I was outside my sister's when. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. The I, inside, I'm the uncle. So. Oh, you the uncle. So you, you was outside. Yeah. The inside. If I'm, my advice to anybody who's who's going to be a father, you have to be in there, because your your significant other wife shouldn't be there in, alone. Oh, because, yeah. like Jason said, it can it can turn on you in a second, and it can become harrowing. It can be beautiful and just moving along slowly, and everything's fine, like in the movies. Or sometimes it can it can become a worrying thing because this is life being birthed out of another person. Yeah. So I remember when my wife went in, we went in the first time. She thought she was dilated. They said, not enough. Go back home. And then within like another, like early in the morning, she was like, okay, it's starting. So we, 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 we head back to the hospital and she's walking around getting ready. But it's the scariest thing. Like I was petrified because the whole time it's like the, 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 the dream of having a kid and all that stuff is like, Wow, but when you get in that 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 delivery room, and there's the beeping and the uh, and the people checking charts and all that, and you're just like, okay, what's going on? Everything good? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so when my wife went into labor, you know, I'm saying I'm holding I'm holding her hand, holding the leg too. The lady, the doctor's mm-hmm. like, you got to help out too. I was like, I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, if I if nothing else, I'm going to do whatever is possible. Right. But when we started seeing when I my son started coming out. It was like, please God, please God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. sure everything is good. Everything is good. Yeah. Because I started reading the books and they were like, you got to hear the ch- child cry. So he came out. And it's the funniest thing. My son, he comes out and I could see him. I'm like, there's his head. Eyes are closed. And he's kind of like looking. He looks. And then he turns and just looks at me. <laughs> and then he just what? turns back, looks at the doctor and just starts crying. <laughs> and it was the, the best feeling I ever had one of the best feelings I've had because I was like, okay, he's healthy. Yeah. And then they grab him, you know, they clean up, mm-hmm. take him over, wash him off. I think they do the foot 
footprint thing quick, put him under the, the light. And then they bring him back to my wife and she's holding him like the first bond again. Mm. And he, he calms down. But I was like, I'm sitting yeah, there. I'll... I'm sitting there, please. He's good. He's good. And then that whole night, I don't think I slept. Yeah. Because all I was thinking, I was listening to the, the what is that, the EKG, whatever, the heart monitor. Yeah. And I'm just listening to that the whole night. People listening to my wife, everybody. I didn't sleep. I just slept there. But the good thing is, you know, based on what you were talking about, you, you mentioned earlier about that that family structure around you. The other scary part for us is like we're transplants. So we came here for college. We met in college and stayed. So we didn't have that, you know, saying circle that we could just say depending on. This is why I say as a father, when you, if you're married or whatever, you become selfless and you don't even think about yourself. Like I I turned to her like, yo, you think your mom would come live with us? Because I'm thinking like, I want to make sure I can provide for my son better. And if I'm looking at, if we have to put a, him in daycare at this young age, I won't be comfortable. And I know you weren't. So like, you know, most people be like, you brought your mother-in-law to live with you, bro. You crazy. I'm like, I wasn't even thinking about me. I'm thinking about how I grew up. I live with my grandmother right. on both sides, on my dad's side and my mom's side. So it was nothing to me because it was just somebody you could trust to, to take watch over your kid while you go out in the world and make a way for them and make a living to provide for them. Right. So it was like, and her mom was like, yeah, she was there too. So well, say, she, Go ahead. Well, you know, too. Also, I mean, you you hitting on something that's real because, the, in particular, someone you trust so that you can go out and do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, postpartum is real for yep. mom. Like mm-hmm. that's also something I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't anticipate or I didn't really think to even plan for. Yeah, and you can't really. You just have to be mindful, right? Mm-hmm. And so to have to be able to the point of mom coming in and living with us or for, in our case, having, you know, a great aunt that we can trust and, and take mm-hmm. care of Hendrix, that peace of mind when she goes back because that first day back for any mom is like yeah. traumatic, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't, they're like, I can't think about anything but my child this whole day. I can't be, I'm physically at work, but I'm mentally with baby. Yep. And so have that peace of mind where she can know Hendrix is getting taken care of by someone she trusts and knows and knows that they will never there's no there's no doubt in her mind that will any harm would ever come to that child that's a big thing bro that's a big thing and and I think that helps with the psyche of a woman with postpartum I'm not a doctor or anything but that's part of it like they that that okay that part of it I, I'm I'm comfortable with somebody's there taking care because I know that was what it was for me the ability to be at work and know my mother-in-law God bless her, and I appreciate her for that, and I love her for that. That she was there, like I could just be at work. Yeah, and I would call him. How's everything? Oh, he's fine. And as he got older, they would go out on journeys. They became friends. They had their little routine. And even when he started daycare, she was still here, and she would take him to daycare and pick him up, and pick my mm-hmm. wife up from work at the same time. The daycare was in the area, so I always and he was just happy as can be because he knew nothing else but grandma, mommy, daddy, and yeah. life is good. And I'm happy with that. Like. If anything, as a father, and I know plenty of dads who probably have the same feeling, is like, I just want my kid to just be happy. Yeah. Like, you know, like people always say, like, oh, and this goes back to the fatherhood thing, like how you're raising your child now, and like that's something that's in the back of my mind. Like, and I've I've heard other people discuss it, and this is the way we we talk to our kids and raise our sons and daughters. Like we sometimes we tend to raise them. How, like when I was coming up, 
you know, you got to get tough. You got to do this. And, and I heard people, uh, I forgot who I was listening to on a podcast and they were talking about, we did all the things we did because we had no choice. So mm -hmm. if it meant like yeah. my mom was single, so I got to grow up earlier. I had to take care of certain things that at a 10, 11 years old, I was going to the store getting food. And I know I did things. I, at 10 years old, like you see my brother, D Felix, uh, shout out. He, he, he delivered a side note. He delivered his second child, my daughter, my niece, Taylor. They didn't make it to the hospital. Him and his wife, my, my, my sister-in-law, they didn't make it to the hospital. Oh, that's crazy. He, uh, he, he called me and was like, yo, it's go time. <laughs> I'm thinking we're going to have to deliver this baby. And I was like, he was on the phone with me and I said, go do what you got to do. He delivered his, his, his daughter, his second child. So wow. shout out to him. Like, shout out to you, D. Wow. Yeah, he, he the number one. Like I gave him the number one dad of the year award. Like they, I'm calling nine one. Like come help. Why are you doing this, bro? But he didn't know that. So shout out to him. So, but you know, I digress. But back to the subject. Like we tend to like we look back to what how we were raised, right? We were raised to be like oh because like you said, single mom. I, you know, like you might have to take on certain things that you 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 didn't you didn't have to you shouldn't have to but you had to. And you responded and your parents put it on you because we had to survive. Mm -hmm. But now that you've gotten a chance and you might have been, you've done better than your parents. Maybe your parents didn't go to college or whatever. Not saying that everybody successful goes to college, but say they were, they were getting by and living life. And now you've, they, they've done for you. So you could go to college and you can have different options. You know what I'm saying? You can have different options in life. So we, we tend to now like, I know I do things for my son and allow him to do things that I'm like, I just want him to be a child. I want him to be as innocent as possible until he gets to that point where he starts getting, you know what I'm saying? He starts getting inquisitive and asking questions. Shout out to you, D. Felix. But do you find yourself, let's say, judging your son based on the way you were raised and the way you do things for him? Because I think that's something that we... We, we tend to think there's only one way, like if I'm going to raise them, I turned out the way I am because I did this. So you must do it too. But yeah. the reason why you were the way you are is so you can have a drive to not be that and you get out of that situation. So why would you judge your child based on the fact that you've done better? Mm -hmm. Why not give him a different outlook on life? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm reading between the lines and what, what you haven't explicitly said but I'll go ahead and say is the gender roles and how you raise a boy versus a girl, a girl, right? And preconceptions, stereotypes, whatever it is, like they're the elephant in the room. So mm -hmm. like with, with my son, like, man, I'm going to kiss him in the mouth. I'm going to hug him every chance I get, like show him all the love and emotion that I possibly can. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, when he, as he grows and gets older as a little black boy yeah. in this country, the world ain't going to receive him the way that right. mm -hmm. And so there's this really, and this is, they're going to see him as dangerous. They're going to see him as a threat. And so there's this really fine line that I find myself trying to walk with him when I interact with him of all out, full emotion, loving all over him. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side of but let me, he's three, so I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting down and having these conversations, but you can, you can hear that out there. You can it's, call a it's a cold world. It's a cold world. It's a cold world. See that little white girl over You just can't be playing with her like that. No, yeah. Right. 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 Watch yourself, son. 
No, yeah. so like it's real out here. It's real. Like, you know, I'm but but I'm I'm projecting, I'm thinking forward. I'm like, I'm gonna have to warn him, mm -hmm. but it but then I'm also playing back in my mind, am I crippling him by saying, Well, the world's tough and it's not gonna like you, and you gotta work twice as hard to get half as much and all those things like there's all these competing storylines and mm -hmm. they all have truths in different at different moments. Yep. And the, the real magic is finding out when each hit needs to be made, like yep. being able to read him and say, OK, now is when he just needs me to just love on him. And then now mm -hmm. he needs me to smack him in the ass and be real with him. Right. Yep. So because he's a mom boy like she those two. I remember I used to come in the door and they I, they stare each other in the eyes and get Google time. I'm like, yo, I, I mean, was like that with my son. Matter of fact, it's still like that. And that was like because that. of my daughter. Like, yeah, I'm jealous. exactly. So, so you know, like she's that's mama's baby, and it's always gonna be. And so she, I know he's gonna get the unconditional love. But what I have to stop myself from doing is going to those old archetypes and stereotypes of, um, you know. Uh, boys can't cry, and why are you, you know, like I, you, you don't want to go down that path. At the same time, you still want to prepare him for, yeah, what you know what's out there for him. So it's a really fine line to walk, man. And it's a weird one because, you know, what I'm saying like I tend to look at it the same way you too about the boys don't cry and stuff. Like sometimes I'll tell him like, yo, you don't need to cry for that, and then my wife will be like, but chill, you gotta, you gotta let him cry. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. Yep. But what I what I'm trying to tell him is like some things. There's gonna be a point in time. And it's like you said, when do you give them that message? There's going to be times where you need to be strong. Like, don't let them see you cry. And there's certain things you need to cry for. And it's like trying to instill them because you learned it the hard way. Like you learned it crying over things and then finding out like as you got older, like I don't need to cry for that. But it's trying to just guide him to because the, the as he gets older, it's going to be an image of him that's created. That's none of his own. He is not that. But somebody's going to perceive you as that. Like right now, my son is just happy-go-lucky, play video games, talk to friends, go to the park, play around, have a good time. Just your average kid, be it black, white, you know, Hispanic, um, Asian, whatever. He's just a little kid. But at some point, somebody's going to look at him differently. So when do I start teaching him these things? You know what I'm saying? It's like, like but going up, I have friends and my brother has a uh, 12, 13-year-old doing the same thing. But it's like, when do you teach them about these things? But like you said, it's they might have to come to you sometimes. And I kind of wait for him to ask questions. And I'm like, okay, he's at that point where he's noticing something. Yeah. So now I have to step in. I don't know if there's a schedule. Like at 10 years old, he's got to start learning about this. Nah, let him be a 10-year-old until he's a 10-year-old that wants to know about this. Yeah, because once you take that innocence, you can't give it back. No, you, you definitely can't. Yeah, because I know, you know. I like that, D. Felix. Yeah. At three, three love them on them. 13 I guys. agree. Yeah. Oh, that's that's bar. You need to put that on the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, when do you, when do you try to give him your life lessons, and those life lessons let him know that this can happen. But I try to keep him like you. Still got to be you though. Like yeah. the one thing I learned from my love lessons, my life lessons, excuse me, is that I still got to be me. I can't change who I am and be offended about my black skin, my black lips, my, you know, my black hair. Like mm -hmm. you got to be proud to be you and comfortable being you. And that's like, that's my message to him. I tell him all the time, you're cool. You're this, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you are, you are wonderful in who you are. My wife puts messages on the things 
on his his mirror like you are enough you know what i'm saying you're good enough yeah. to let because we're trying to get in his mind that one day you're going to learn that somebody thinks you're not good enough but we want to let you know that you are and these and, are things that, and if you don't have that cachet of confidence built up yeah then that outside voice is going to win they, they're going to win like you know what i'm saying we had i had my my parents my family like telling us stepmom everybody if you did good you're you're doing good you know what i'm saying it's going to be hard for you but you 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 have something there and that's what something i learned like no matter what the world is you got to build that child up and as part of fatherhood i think that's our main thing because mom like you said you're going to walk in and they're going to be staring at each other in the eyes and he's going to get that unconditional love and that's why people say like mike i'm sure you a mama's boy you look like one you know what i'm saying <laughs> i get that stigma a lot but you are like no yeah oh yeah everybody sure. a mama's boy like if sure. you ain't a mama's boy something wrong with you yeah. that's how i like yeah. yeah what's wrong with you but mama gonna give him that love that that confidence i know like i got my confidence from my mom my stepmom my aunts they'd be like you know when you were younger you know what i'm saying like you see this glow up now like you know what i'm saying all this right here and i'm hood you know what I'm saying? i see some pictures of you too but the glow up is real like real but mama telling you telling me hey man i remember my mom would look at me like you're so handsome like i'd send pictures back to my mom and trinity like you look so handsome and i'd be yeah. like damn yeah. my mom one time was like me and my brother was standing there and she was like you know what i got two handsome young men in this house. i was like what <laughs> <laughs> you know about that, you know what I'm saying? But mom is going to give you that confidence and that love. Yeah. But I think as a dad, you got to give him that confidence and love. But you also got to build up his character and build up his like. As a man, he's looking to you yeah. to like identify with. So mom is always going to be mom, but dad needs to be that one that lets him know as well. Like you, 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 you got something there. You, you are wonderful. You, you are on your way to being a good man. But love is expressed different ways. Like the way mom expressed love and the mm -hmm. way dad expressed love, they could be the same in some settings, but they could be different too. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 that's what I'm saying. But you still got to show it. Like, yeah. you, even if if you're not the huggy huggy kiss on him thing, but you're the type like if he's interested in this, I'm gonna be there. Because I tell my son all the time, like, you know, I played ball and all that stuff. But I told him, I told my wife, I was like, you're not gonna worry about me trying to force him to live what I live and do the things. If he wants to play, if he wants to be on the debate team, I'm going to be there yelling and screaming with a varsity jacket for the debate team. Like that's my boy up there. If he wants to do anything, like that's why I feel like that's how fathers can show their love. It's like your son, if your son doesn't play ball, like, you know, we use that for, you know, for, for an example, that's the thing that in the black community, you know, he plays ball. So now you're a proud father. Because he's getting that notoriety, and until you're getting that notoriety, no, I believe that you just got to be. You get your notoriety from whatever your child your child does. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So if he wants to be in in the science sphere, told him I'm like you're gonna be there. If he wants to become a computer programmer, well, I'll go find you whatever you got to learn coding. Like that's your job as a father to build him up in whatever he wants. My dad did that for me. Like for a long time, I'd be trying to figure out like, man, what I want to do. And one day he just he 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 dropped a gem on me that kind of like lifted the weight of you know trying to find myself. He was like, whatever you do, I don't care what it is. You don't have to be like me, you don't have to do anything. But whatever you do, you got to do it a hundred percent and do it to the best of your ability, and I'll be there for you and I'll support it. And I was like, after that, that's been my mantra with my son. Like, like we just went out to get some food, and I'm asking him, like, what do you want to do? Like anything interests you? Yeah. Like, I mean, no, I just want to know, you know what I'm saying? 
you know, it's funny. Uh, before I had Hendrix, one of the there's a few things that just because I, I was at a certain point where I was kind of spongy. I was like looking for for like little gems. Yeah. Uh, John Q was one of them. But yeah. one of them that I also heard was as a parent, your main job. And this goes to what you were just saying. As a parent, your main job is you are the protector of your child's dreams. That's your job. Mm. Like that's what you're, oh, you're that's supposed to do, right? Oh, because yeah. they're gonna come to you. They're gonna say, "I want to be an astronaut," and everybody else in the world is gonna tell them why they can't be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. Your job is to show them where the space camp is. Mm-hmm. You give them that cachet confidence. Your yeah. job is to protect that dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's in the telescope. You make space cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. That's your yeah. job as a parent is to your child's dream, which is exactly what you're just talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things that before I had Hendrix really stuck with me is like the uh, what a parent is supposed to do. Drill down to what a father is supposed to do for your son, aside from all the, of course, provide and love and care. Yeah. But if, if you are also one of the people crushing their dream, you have done generational damage beyond just yourself. Mm-hmm. Your, your daughter. Yeah, that's true. And I- it's so important that, like, as fathers, like, you know, excuse me, it's just great that we can have these conversations. And I know, because it all stemmed from the fact that we used to just have these conversations at work. Like, for Micah, like, we would be at work because we were editors, shooters, and Jason was our project manager. So he handled all our video projects. So he would come into the room where we were editing at, mm-hmm. and we would sit in there, and he's going over the projects. Where do you stand with this? But in the middle of him asking her where we stand with this, he would be like, hey, man, we just start talking about our kids. We laugh and joke. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was a good feeling. And I, I'm going to go back to the subset to just be black men in a room, in a professional setting. And we're just working, but we would just, our conversations weren't about anything mundane. It was like yeah. we're really building. Like we talk about kids, we talk about life, we talk about the future goals and talk about our dreams and things that happened to us in life and how it taught us lessons. It was a great thing to just have that because now you felt like, you know what? You could see your growth because he yeah. might say something and we'd be like, yo, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And he, we, I might say something. He'd be like, I never thought about it. And you're like, wait a minute. I might be your father. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. the whole time as a father, you're looking like, am I doing the right thing? And I think that's what I'm saying. It's important that we have our sounding boards. We have yeah. our, our father community, so to speak. We have other brothers who are going through the same thing and willing to talk about these things. Willing to share yeah, because the women go through their own thing and, you know, postpartum and all that. But as a man, like, you can lose confidence. Like, I remember the, the, the thing I had to deal with was the worst thing for me as a father was like, I was so happy to see my son that, you know, I, I got a new job at the art Institute in Decay. That's how I met Micah. But I had to, as soon as he was born, I went right into it because it was a new job and I had to make sure I, I, I put my best foot forward. And I was scared, like... I got this job, more money and pay for my kid. I want to make sure I keep this job because as a black man in IT, I know it's hard to get where I'm at to be a a manager of a campus IT. Um, So I want to make sure. And I was working long hours, fixing problems, and I would come home. And I'm thinking like in the movies, the baby's just going to see you and be like, daddy. But it wasn't like that because, and it's something where my wife, you know, being that we're there, we, we help teach each other things. She was like, I would come home. He would see me and he would just cry and it hurt. So I would walk away and be like, I don't want him to cry. 
But all I thought about is I didn't want him to cry. He's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. He was like, but the fact that, yeah, you're working long hours, you have to be there. You can't walk away. You just have to stay there. Did and that make you question any of that, though? Like that reaction? Did that make you question or second guess? Like, oh, am I doing the right thing? And yeah, like- and I would have I would go downstairs and I'd sit there and be like, should I have taken this job? Yeah, like, because now. But I, I was like and she was like, no, you just have to be there. Take the crying. He just has to, because you're gone 10, 12 hours a day and you're coming home yeah. around the time he's getting ready for bed and he's seeing you for the first time because I'm leaving at six in the morning. He's still asleep and I'm getting home at seven, eight at night. Mm-hmm. He's getting ready for bed. So he sees he hasn't seen me all day. So mm-hmm. it's, he's like, I'm a, I'm a stranger to him almost. And it hurt. Like, I couldn't believe, like, you think John, because in my mind, I'm like, I'm John Q. <laughs> I, would, I would do anything for you, and you're crying. But she she sat me down and was like, no, you just have to be present. And that's why it got me the mindset. As a father, you just have to be present. Yeah. And through the tears, through the, through the fears, to the bad times, you just have to be present. And that kind of changed my outlook. Like, so I was just there, and eventually he came around to the point, like, you know, me and him, like when he started daycare, I would, you know, when my mother-in-law went back, I'm picking him up after school. Michael would know. I would be like, I told people right away, listen. Yeah. We used to take over for him. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, listen. We used to tell him to go. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going. Like, they'd be like, yo, God, because I'm like, nothing. I would go pick my son up, do whatever, and I would come back, fix the problem. But there's no problem that is going to cause me to leave my son at daycare for any reason. And we would have our good times. We'd get up. We had a long ride because we'd drive from Roswell to Alpharetta, where we lived at at the time. So mm-hmm. we'd stop. We might stop at McDonald's, get him a little thing. We we play around. He play in the little play area, and that became our time. Yeah. To the point where it's now it's we still have our, our father son days where we'll go out. If I'm running errands and we just hang out and do our things, we stop because when we talk a little bit, and I think that's something that you know, I'm saying my wife helped me learn, and that's part of fatherhood. It's like you don't know everything, and you have to be willing to listen. Yeah, to make yourself a be- better father, so to speak. But you know what, too? There's, mm-hmm. I also read a quote. I can't remember who said this. Some celebrity. Some black father celebrity. But there was like, um, there's no such thing when you're talking you talk about your kids. There's no such thing as quality time. It's mm-hmm. all quality time. All yep. the time. The, the going to, the, to watch the baseball game is no more quality time than riding in the car and having a conversation about your school day. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the time is quality time. So to your point, like, us just you know kicking it and me and him getting 30 minutes go go get some fries and a and a McFlurry yep. in the playground. Mm-hmm. That's the world. That's his whole day. Like he's mm-hmm. you made his whole day in that moment. And it's not insignificant just because you think it's a small thing, it's completely significant to him. So I love that 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 pattern of thought of there's no quality time. There's just time that you have Ooh, with every time there's time, like and yeah, it's 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 all time. It's all time. Like, I'm just thinking about it now. Like, it's just all time. Like, I, things that I enjoyed before, like, when I was just me and my wife, the things, like, I don't even, like, think of those things. Like, I, you know, Lee, Lee, Lee always tells me, because Lee be like, hey, man, let's go out to this little party here and there. He was like, we're fathers. We do our things. Let's just go out. And yeah. I'd be like, yo, once I had my son, like, going out to parties, unless it was something where it was all other parents and we're just hanging out. Like I didn't. I was like, unless we're going out to dinner and sit down and talk, and have, you know, just yeah. communicate and get that energy. Like going to a club and going to a party, unless my wife said she wanted to go dancing, like that went out the window with me. Like I don't even like I don't even want to do that. Like I'll think back to when I was in the club. 
Mm-hmm. I'm dancing in my car. That's fun. But fun to me was taking my son and we'd be like, let's go to the, we found a new play place. Yep. They got all these kind of trampolines. He's going to enjoy that. And we just go there and just watching him play. And now mm-hmm. with my daughter, like, you know, saying if she wants to go, we go to the park and just watching them run around and play. I'm over here. I, I be having my my camera like mm-hmm, I'm following them. Mm-hmm. I just made a video like to send to my my folks. After sending, my wife was like, "Why are you editing that?" <laughs> I'm sending it to the grandparents. You sending that to the, you spending a lot of time on that because it got to look right. You know, what right, I'm saying? Right. yeah. But like I think we have to, you know, we have to embrace that. Like your life was perfect. Yeah. Like everything, like just going to the to the supermarket, going yeah. for a little ride in the car. Like we take our son with like the pandemic, we were like, how can we? Because you know, at first when it got locked down, kids are in the house. We're like, how do we get out the house and get quality time? Because everybody didn't know what was going to happen. We just started doing a, a Sunday family drive. Mm-hmm. It's just simple. Put them in the car. We drive around. We go through old neighborhoods. Like, hey, we used to go over here. We find a park that was kind of empty. We go and let them play. And it was just our quality time. Like, yeah, you know, it was quality time for my wife and I. I as well. So at least they could just be in the backseat quiet watching movies on the DVD player and we could just have a conversation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was our way of having quality time with them and with each other. And I think as married men and fathers, these are the things we have to learn to accept and don't feel like you're missing out on something. Because I see a lot mm-hmm. of people like, ah, I miss going to the club and all that stuff. Like That's cool if you want to do it once in a while, but I don't see it as I'm missing anything. Mm-hmm. I, I see it as just the next evolution yeah. Of who I am, you know what I'm saying? Salute for You just see hey, it as what up, you living your life. Yeah, living life. This just, is just being a dad. Yeah, this is the stage of life I'm in right now. And I think just at this stage, I'm having more fun than I ever did when I was younger. When I'm younger, it's the fleeting moments. Yeah. I mean, we look back on them with, you know, like fondness, like, oh, I was in the club. It was off the chain. But really and truly, it was kind of hollow. Like, like, even back then, you kept chasing that high of that moment. But with your kids, it's like you get that high every time you see them run up the stairs. Like Come my daughter now, her thing is I walk in the door. She's telling me her day, you know what I'm saying? Or just watching them play with each other. Like I remember when they were just babies. And like with, with, with technology now, with Google, Google showing you videos like of, of your child. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, be there like. Yep. <laughs> I'll be sitting there like, wow, I remember that. That was a good day right there. Like, yeah, like two years ago, you did this on this day. And you're like, yo, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm rushing right back. And it's like that morning. You look at them like, and I always tell my wife, I'm like, when you look back at those photos, you forget that kid looked like that. Because to yep. me, my son looks the same. Even yeah. When years old, he looked mm. the same to me like when he was born. But when you look, you're like, yo, he wasn't the same person. Yo, his head was crazy misshaped back then. <laughs> <laughs> but to you, that child looked exactly the same as they do right now. Like yeah. it's a, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so crazy, bro. Because um, I do. I get the Google the Google like alerts like a year ago, two mm-hmm. years ago, whatever. And even if you're having a rough day, I'm talking about in the context of your children. If yeah, they yeah. acted out that day or. Mm-hmm. They frustrating mm-hmm. you because this 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 pod ain't all about they angels and oh yeah it's gonna be they do everything they're right angels they're my children so I know I'm a okay. assholes <laughs> <laughs> <guys> too <laughs> boy he had his days and so like when I get when I go and look back like okay it just grounds you and kind of recenters you on what everything that's important yep. and uh, brings you back to that good place but also to your point like you were talking about you know you would you guys go to the park or go to the old neighborhood you have that that moment. 
and how life has just changed from day to day. Mm-hmm. Like the best part of my day now, like, you know, doing this pandemic thing, I'm sitting behind the computer nine, 10 hours a day, straight yep. working. Um, but when I get to see him at when he's when he gets home, and I'm like, hey Hendrix, tell me about the best part of your day. As to what is the first thing I ask him every time every time he comes in the door. Like, tell me about the best thing you tell me the, the favorite part of the day today. And it's always I got to play with Donovan. Uh, you know, I got to eat fruit snacks at lunch, like these things, like but that's the best part of my day is finding out, you know, how his day went. And uh to your point, it just it just life is just totally different when they're here. Oh, it's totally different. Micah, this is making you want to go out and get somebody pregnant right now and get married? <laughs> no. I'm telling but, you, this is life right here. What? This right here, that's that premium right here. Like, you no, know, yeah, I'm, I'm that's definitely that, that 398 a gallon right here. <laughs> no, I'm definitely learning. You know, I've, I, I like to call my niece like my first child because uh-huh. I had her probably since she was like three. She's 10 now. Okay. So and a lot of times she acts as if she is my child and and Jason think about what you said like the smallest things mean big things to them like she would come home and say you know uncle can I chill in your room and I'm like you know I'm doing some artwork I'm like sure and she would just have her iPad and she would just be sitting there and I'm yeah. like this is not the most exciting you sure you want to sit she's like yeah I just want to but it means the world to her yeah, yeah like the day she can't she will cry mm-hmm. and throw a tantrum and I'm just like that that's love you know that's everything that's, that's yeah, everything like- like Jason said earlier, like it means the world to them. Like it may seem mundane to them, to you, but it means the world to them because they've been looking because I remember when I was little and I would, my dad would be working and he, he would be like, Hey, let's go for a ride over here. And I'd be like, cool. And I try to play cool, but we in the car, he had a, he had a system in the car and my dad, you know, old school, you know, grew up on funk and all that stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm in the hip hop generation and me and my brother, my brother tell you, we'd be in the car and my dad, the coolest thing he did he like rap music. You know, parents would be like, "Oh man, that, that I don't listen to that rap. You need yeah. to listen to this." My dad was like, "Okay, cool," but he would do something like, "Like uh, I'm gonna use for example, Heavy D's." Now that we found love, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. song. Like I remember, I heard it. and I was like, "Man, I've heard this before. Like, sounds familiar." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yo, Dad, Heavy D got a new joint," and he was like, "Man, I ain't number Third World." I was like, "The hell are you talking about? Whatever, that's Heavy D." <laughs> yeah, that's say the sample. Song. Yeah, yeah. He went and cut, he found he went out and bought the Third World album. And put it on the record player and started playing it. And I was like, that's where I heard it from. Yeah, that's how the thing he did was like what we said is sometimes you just have to meet your kids and show excitement for what they like. Yeah. Hip hop. My dad was a musician, played the bass guitar. So, like, if I came out with a like say, like, oh dad, the Fuji's out, listen to this song. He listened to it. But then he had a system in the car, he'd be banging it. So Um... so we'd be in the car and he banging the Fuji's. But dub C of the West Side Connect, that was his man. Really, like he would bang Dub C, like he was a gang man. He be in, he Massachusetts? Be, in Rhode Island, bro. And he be going, he going, he going to work. Side. He going to work in a three piece, in a suit and tie, banging Dub C up with a system in the trunk. I love it. All, all, all middle class black man, but banging Dub C. So that's where he met me and my brother. At. So we would be able to like be in the car with him, and he'd play music that we like. And then he plays stuff that he like, and we be into it. And that's yeah. how we connected. It was like, so I always learned I got to find that connection point with mm-hmm. my son, with my kids. Like, because my dad did it for us. And it was like, he may not, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but it's just the fact that he liked the music. We like music. So like, it was just, it was our, it's our thing. So he'd play new music and we'd be like, dad, you like this song? And he'd be like, oh yeah, I like that. 
and he'd tell us where the sample came from. So that that was our thing. I mean, that's a love language, man. Like when you mm-hmm. you you know, say we talk about different ways to show affection, show emotion, show love. Mm-hmm. Like if if when Hendrix comes to me and he likes something that I'm not into, well, then you know my job is going to be to find a way into that interest. Yeah, and, you know what I mean, and find a way to 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 involve myself in it. Where he talking about the MC, uh, involve my, <laughs> involve myself in it so that we can we can have that love together, and he can see that. Um, he can see that. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, totally agree, man. But yeah, well, so so Jay, I asked you this question because you being uh, you know saying the player pimp you used to be back in the day, like long, 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 long time, long ago. time ago, about six six to ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so so Micah, here's, here's a quick story. Like Jay was you was in? Did you go to West Point? Right? Yeah, went to West Point. You went to West Point. So he's not your average college park. Yeah. Mm. Collie okay. Park went okay. to West Point, yoked like he showed us pictures. I was like, Yo, Who is this dude? Like, Jay was the dude you saw in the G.I. Joe movies, the black dude in the G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> the, one draft, the one black dude who was just yoked, you know. What I'm saying? That was yeah. So, like, when you were that guy, did you see yourself being married to a beautiful woman? Mind you, that's a good question. Low key flex for Jay. Who, who did you marry, Jay? Tell him who you married. Tell them who you married and what she used to do because Jay is living the black man's not even fantasy. Like it's like if, if if it was if they were making a black movie and it was like, hey man, I ran into the girl. Hey, it's like what was it? The movie with Kevin Hart and um um light skinned dude um uh 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 what's his name? Light skin, not Shamar Moore. The other dude, Michael Ealy. Oh, oh yeah, and you know he was he got with Taraji. And he was like this low key. He was the he was the yeah. chef struggling, and she was this big executive. Yes. Hey, tell people who you married. So what wife. she was doing? What she was doing when you married her? When we met, she was a Atlanta Falcons cheerleader. And Atlanta. and and yes. oh wow! <laughs> Are we ready? We ready out here? We ready? Hold on. Let me let me give. It. I want to get it. I want to get it correct. And, and, go ahead. And, and and now you know she is uh she's doing orthopedic pediatric or uh surgery over at uh children's health care of Atlanta, man. Like she's she's doing the yeah, that's Hendrix. This is Hendrix and mommy. What I, oh no, this is some video. I didn't want to get to that. Yeah, you see, you see with it with uh being super dad. You see what I'm saying? Like these are the images I love to see. Yes, hey, that's, you know what I'm I love to see. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to, to see that. Look at that. Look at love right there. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? But Jay, Jay lived the life. You know what I'm saying? Jay is a black, he's a black movie. He's like, he's a black movie on BET Plus. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he had the glow up because I remember when he came to me, he was like, hey, fellas. I met somebody. I think she the one. I was like, I was like, word. And he was like, yo, she a cheerleader this, but she's more a cheerleader that. Yeah. And I was like, all right, Jay, pursue that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, to answer your question, man, like back then, I mean, world, the world was, I was 20, you know, you're talking about a 22-year-old version of me mm-hmm. where I think the world is in the palm of my hand. Like yep. I can do whatever I want to do. And then reality hits you, and it's like, no. Here's the reality of the world. Here's here's 
you know, uh, straight talk. So, but no, man, we, I, I wasn't, expect, I wasn't looking for this. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to holler at Jordan back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, she, she, she showed me that, you know, a different side, here's what's important. Here's mm-hmm. what's possible. Um, and so it was, it was, it was, it was just something that just kind of, it made perfect sense to me at the time. And, me being kind of the the go the flow person I am, I was like, let's see where this goes, and uh, it's gone. It's it's definitely taking us to a good place, man. It's taking you to a great place. I'm proud of you for that because I remember when he told us about Jordan. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, how that? Okay, that's all we can say. Like, okay, okay, you know, say, but it, it's amazing because like part of fatherhood for me too. Because you know, for me, like I said, marriage and fatherhood go hand in hand. Yeah. If I want to be the best father, I want to make sure I can be the best husband because I want that that connection with the wife. And I'm the same with you. I met my wife in college, and she's helped me become a better father because she can call me on my BS. Yeah. And when I'm I'm lacking, and when I'm I'm not putting my best foot forward, and, and vice versa. But she knows better than I do. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what I wanted to make sure. Like being a good father is not only just you can be a good father on your own. But I think you still need that cooperation, even if cooperation, excuse me, even if you're not with the mother, like you need that person. You it's you got to realize once we have this child, it's no longer about us. Mm-hmm. It's no longer about you and I, even if we have disagreements and we're married or not married, we have to realize the main thing is the main thing. And that is the child, be it boy, girl, twins, whatever. So whatever, like communication, I, I preach communication. Even if you're not with the mother and you guys aren't together, like you got to understand it's, it's about the kids. We got to communicate. How can we, how can we leave something better for them? And how can we give them something better than we have or had? Like, that's the key. And that's why I brought up your wife. Like I've seen you and I've seen what she's done for you. Yeah. And the same for me, like my wife, you know what I'm saying? She'll tell me like, Hey, we got to figure out what we're doing here. And I'll be like, you know what we do? Yeah, and I'm gonna get on my stuff and I'll figure it out because sometimes you just go through the life and you're just trying to make things you make point A and point B connect. And you, uh, go ahead. But no, it's you 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 hitting the nail on the head, man. Like professionally, personally, you know, even on the like, listen, I know what you're capable of, Jason. I know what you can yes. do. I know what you can do. Like she I, I remember it's funny you say that because I remember when we were um a few years of, of us into just dating. Yep. And we we're talking about kind of where we wanted to be in our careers. And she had the goal of being a PA, being mm-hmm. a physician. I remember, just you, I remember you telling us that. Yeah. And so literally the first year of our marriage, she was in PA school in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I am home down because we had already bought a house together. Yep. I'm home down the crib here in Atlanta. So like the first couple of years of our marriage actually were separate. Like I would go up there every couple of months or so. Mm-hmm. Or she would come home for some holiday, but you know, that was it was, but it was all in the pursuit of this dream with the end goal of Hendrix being here yep. and whatever else may come, right? And so, but I remember when we were we were dating, and um she was like, Yeah, like you know, you're gonna be a president of a company, you're gonna be a CEO of a company one day. And I was like, oh. like you're like, girl, girl, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to hire him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, right. Like, I don't know. You're a little ambitious. Um, but it's funny, man, to see, you know, I've, I've had a chance to, 
partner and own an agency and 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 I literally looked over and she's like, see, I told you. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, we've been she's she see things, she's seen things before I was able to see them. Yeah. I mean, that's on the just on the professional side. Personally, it's a constant challenge of I know who you are. I know you can be even better. I know you can get this out of your life or or fix this or be here. Or she's 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 definitely a positive influence and and push me in the right way, both on a on a personal and a professional front, man. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's dope. And, and and I'm saying like for all wives, and I'm and I'm thinking like that's my that's with my the, the message I wanted to get with that conversation right there is it's not we can always learn from each other. Like the same way you want to teach your son or your daughter, it's the same way your wife or your partner can influence you, and you have to be willing to understand they see you differently than you may see yourself yes the same way your son or your daughter may look at themselves and be like i'm not this i'm not that but you looking at your child like no you're amazing it's the same way your wife or significant other will look at you the same way and in turn that helps you become a better you in turn become a better father like that's my messaging like i wanted to have this conversation today just to let people see that like it's it's all encompassing it's not just i'm going to do what it is to be a good dad but i'm going to be a a jerk here in life. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to realize everything you do is leading you to be a better father. And that's what your child sees. Like your child's going to see you. Hendrix is going to see you. Okay. My dad owned an agency at one point in time. So that's possible for me. Mm -hmm. My brother and I growing up, we saw my dad, he's an engineer, you know what I'm saying? And we saw him rise from being just a, a regular engineer to becoming a senior engineer or junior engineer senior engineer, then he became a manager of research and development and became like a, a GM, you know, special yeah. projects and all that, where he's he's leading the the, the the um the revenue for the company. So to us growing up, oh, we can just do what we want if we're smart enough to do it. So that changed our outlook on life. Like, oh, we know that people out there look at us a certain way because of skin, but I could be whatever I want. And that helped because I had uncles who were architects, uncles who were master carpenters and things like that. Uncles who work for the government. And, and it's like, so I could be whatever I want. And as a father, now I'm looking at my son like, oh, if that's what you want to do, you can do it. Yeah. yeah there's but, going to be pe- people out there, but you can do it. Yeah. And, and being better professionally makes you a better father. Being a better leader mm-hmm. in this space makes you a better uh, parent or, or partner at home. So, it's all the same now. Wow, look at this. Bring him in. Bring him in, bro. Come, Come on, now. it's gotta be love. That's gotta be love right there. That's cool. that's, that's little man right there. Come on in, big man. He's supposed to be asleep. What's up, Hendrix? He say hi. What's up, Hendrix? What's up, man? What's up, big man? We talking about you. We talking about you. We talking about you and your daddy and your mommy right here. We look. We talking about love right there. That's right. That's right. All right. You supposed to go night night. Come on, buddy. All right, time to go night night. Hey Jordan, how you doing? You can stop crying. What's up, Jordan? Hey, thank you. Thank you for allowing Jason to do this today. Yes, we thank know. you. We, we know we know he didn't choose this on his own. When I asked him, he said, Let me get back to you. And I know what that meant. <laughs> All right, you going night night? Uh, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. All right, but night. Night, 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 buddy. Stop crying, right? All right, love you, bud. Yeah, buddy. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Oh, that's Thank sweet. you, bud. I'll Good keep sharing. this time. Mm-hmm. All right, love you, buddy. Bye. Bye. See, that's this is what I'm talking talk about, Jason. You talking to talk right now, like. <laughs>
this is what I want to see. Like, yeah. I know my daughter, she was down here, like, this whole thing shutting down. <laughs> we ain't talking about nothing but what she want to talk about right now. Hey, listen, man, I heard the little footsteps in the office door. When I soon came out, I was like, he got away from mom. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. My daughter, you hear coming on the stairs, doom, doom, doom. You be like, oh, here come trouble. You know what I'm saying? But if she walk in here right now, we ain't talking about the, the show over. She done mm-hmm. it. It's over. But that's amazing right there. Like mm-hmm. that's amazing, man. I'm proud of you, bro. Like I'm happy for you to yeah. see that's what you have there. And I hope so many brothers will have that. And, like I wish, like we, I'm gonna try to figure out how we can do this, like more on a bigger scope. Because I know, like you know, my whole thing is like with Micah as my co-host and everything. I'm trying to bridge that that that, that generational gap. Yeah. Like, the things that I had growing up was we had some older dudes, who, and I, when I went to CAU, like I got a lot of mentors that way. I had mentors within my family to show me the right way to do things and how to go about, you know what I'm saying? So I had that in the familiar structure of my own nucleus, leaving that. But when I came to Atlanta, I had it with a lot of dudes who were around me. Maybe they all weren't perfect, but they always tried to strive to let us know how to be. Right. And, and that's something I, I wanted to drive. Like even every, everything we do on this show, it's not just about shits and giggles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're going to have some fun, but I want it to be something where, we can have a conversation with my generation to the next generation because being a father is not just about being a father to your child. Yep. It's like you still have to give fatherly advice to somebody who wants to know. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always prided myself on that and because it's something that was done for me. And it's like any little if somebody asks me a question, a young boy would be like, Hey man, what you think about this? What you know what I'm saying? Like, I want it. I'm like, yo, okay, let's talk. You want to give him something. You want to yeah. give him something because yeah. Like once you start becoming a father, like that's what I feel like. Once I started realizing I'm a father, like I was like, I don't want to be a father of everybody's child because I ain't getting no tax break on that. Yeah, but true. But you sometimes you see and you'd be like, yo, this person's asking me. Like you can see they want they yeah. want some information, they want some advice, they want some direction. And I I look to my son, you know what I'm saying? Like he'll just be like, Hey dad, what you think about this? What is this? So when I see him being that inquisitive, somebody asks me a question and they're younger than me, yeah. I'm be like, oh, I see. Okay, I need to be prepared. But mm-hmm. none of us, I don't care how great your dad was, mm-hmm. none of us were raised by just one person. No, we weren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the barber that you go to yes. or, mm-hmm. or it's the, the teacher at school that you just had this connection with mm-hmm. that has a, you know, a strong, could be a strong father, the coach that you had growing up. Like we all mm-hmm. had multiple male influences that yeah. helped become who we are you know today so i think it's it's a responsibility as and i mean you don't have to be a black father like mike you got wisdom <laughs> you're gonna be able to give somebody else so like yeah you know, it's a responsibility it's Absolutely. a responsibility and i and that's how i look at it. it's a responsibility with not just being a father like a lot of i was watching a story today about i saw on instagram about in louisiana there was a school high school there were like 23 kids got arrested in like a three-day span and I don't know how long ago the fights were, but the story is what struck me. It was three, they were at three days where they were like 23 people arrested because the school was nothing but fights. And you know, Louisiana, like, you know, we could yeah. talk about their, their issues, whatnot with their educational system, but it, it was getting out of control. And these dads, it was started by one gentleman and he got a bunch of dads together and was like, listen, let's just go to the school. Let's just go make sure that because the school can't stop the problem because the kids are fighting with each other. So yeah. let's, let's put our presence in there. Let's mm-hmm. have a presence. And these dudes, um, I forgot what the name of the actual 
group was, but they were like dads on campus. Like they oh. were on campus and mm. they would just show up at the school, kids walking in, they're high-fiving them. I, I and, might have seen that video. Yeah, and it was D.L. Hughley and a few others posted on Instagram tonight. Uh, Jamel Hill, they, they, they posted it. Yeah. And it was just like, the like sometimes, like one of the young girls was like, as soon as the fathers started showing up and it was like 40 of them and they would take shifts, somebody would be there in the morning a group of fathers there in the morning, a group of fathers there around lunchtime. They would just walk around the school, be there. And the girl said, one of the young ladies who was there, they were interviewing. She was like, it, they were like, yo, how did they, how did they change things around there? She was like, the look. Yeah. They were like, what do you mean the look? The dad look. Like, kids know that dad look. Like, yep. And if, even if some of the kids didn't have father figures, there was this guy who was a father figure like, hey, you need to be in class. And just walking around, and she was like, they would do dad jokes. They would say silly jokes as you walk in, <laughs> and they they changed the landscape of, and the, and the whole landscape of the school from all these fights to there not being another fight or anything because they were like they were the the mediators. If they saw a negative energy, they in, in, injected themselves into the conversation and kind of like, hey, what are y'all beefing about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, yeah. That all goes back to the very first point that we made to start this whole thing off, which is. Presence. Like you yeah. can't underestimate presence. Presence, like that's that's all it boiled down. I was like, yo, when I saw that story, I was like, that's a that's exactly what this conversation need to be like. The presence, like, and I wanted to use that to kind of like, so like, like these guys, they're not even those aren't even their kids, but that male presence, yep. father figure, just having you do right. Like a kid will was if they're they're right in mind, will be like, oh shoot, I need to because I I don't want him to be disappointed in me. And he's showing confidence to me, like, hey, go to class. Hey, you're gonna be good, whatever. It's so that presence is 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 what's amazing, man. That's 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 a, the encapsulation of fatherhood is just yeah. being ever present. And like you said, you are the protector of their dreams. That's it. If yeah. if they don't if they believe in themselves and you don't believe in them, it, it's gonna be a problem for you in the end because they can turn around and be like, I'm doing this in spite of you, and now I'm doing you know what I'm saying, I'm doing this to 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 spite you. And that could lead to a different way to them treating their kids. I, you know, what I'm saying yeah. it could be positive or negative, but I think ever present and the protector of their dreams. That that mm -hmm. is, I like that. I'm gonna steal that line. You know, Man, totally steal that. But you're right; it's a generational consequence to that. There's, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how you approach it as a, as a father, for sure. Yeah. So, so hood. We're going to get into the whimsical part of things right now. I know you 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 got to wrap up. It's almost bedtime. You know what I'm saying? You got to. He go to sleep. He, hey, it's what I tell you. Like seven thirty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? That like, is impressive. Because man, my daughter she, she run things. You know what I'm saying? Like she West Indian to the court. Like me run things. You, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? She run things around here. Like she'll be like, no, not now. <laughs> my son, nine thirty. You know, nine nine thirty at that age, yeah. shot time, boom. My daughter, she thinks she's thirty two years old. You know what I'm saying she's four years old. Yeah, she she looking at me. She be like, "Daddy, no, you go to sleep." I you go to bed. But but I my whimsical part, like I wanted to know the things, the the stupid things you would do for your your kid, the oh. silly things you do for your kid, the silly things, um, like because that that as like that's part of father that people yeah. don't understand, like. The things that you may not have ever done because you were cool, Jay Hood, with the yeah. muscles and the tats, and you know what I'm saying? You were like, I'm too good for that. Like, what are some of the silly things you do for your kid? Absolutely, man. Uh, bedtime is, is sacred time for me. Like, that's mm -hmm. that's when you know, uh, uh, get him, get him, get him in pajamas. We do the milk, 
and we do this story. And then when the lights go off, mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, Hendrix, what, what song do you want tonight? Mm -hmm. I can't sing worth, I don't, I don't have me getting in front of nobody's microphone. Oh, so we've, over time, he loves dinosaurs and cars. Those are his two favorite things around here. Mm -hmm. I asked him what nice. he when he grows up, and he said, I want to be a race car. I was like, oh, you want to be like a race car driver? He was like, no, no, no. I want to be a race car. car. <laughs> <laughs> you got to accept that. You got to accept that. Don't question it. No, no question. I say, like, all right, boom, boom. We'll be a race car. <laughs> Love dinosaurs. <laughs> so I have, uh, over time, we have actually freestyled and made up this dinosaur song that has no melody to it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't rhyme. It, it makes no sense. But Slap. it is dinosaur song, and he mm -hmm. has me singing it. I don't know what key every mm -hmm. night. The he and only he could be the one to get me to sing that dinosaur song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but also he'll have you. Oh man, he'll have you doing this. I did this. see. I, I, did see I peeped that. This is what parenthood is about. This is what fatherhood. This is what marriage, and this is what parenthood is about. Yeah, man, that's Father's Day. But then I bet you, right? There's a Father's Day guy. Watch you. This is this your neighborhood. Yeah. And it, what it was dope about this, because this is your neighborhood. Yes. And I was like, your neighborhood, dudes want to be dads. And we're going to do things to be dads. And the, the the more uncool thing you can do to be a dad is yeah. the, probably the coolest thing to do as a dad and a mom is, than to have, uh, a, what, is it, what is this, the, the the Father's Day bad dad outfit? The Day, yeah, the Father's Day bad dad. Uh, like, uh, and I'll, keep on, what you can't see is like, Literally dozens of kids just yeah. running around. <laughs> Look at that. Look oh at my that. goodness. No, with the Magnum PI, what's the name? Red um floral shirt on. Oh yeah. my goodness. And the dad, the dad's socks and the and the, the jeans. jeans. I know you had to go the to Walmart shirt. to get those jeans. Them, them, them jean shorts. You better believe it. And, oh and, and the fanny pack. Like the fanny. Like, like oh, that. Oh man. But yeah, what I'm man. saying is, I, I I I brought you on this show because you look at the community, right? proud it's not it's not a black thing it's not a mm. white thing yeah. it's not a hispanic thing it's not asian it's not anything it's just uh we're dads we're all dads we're like, all that last night um we we took hendrix out to dinner and of course went past his bedtime mm -hmm. but we were coming back and one of my hispanic neighbors mm -hmm. hit jordan and me up and was like hey what are you guys doing we got the they do like the projector in the backyard with the sheet yep. A Disney movie. Mm -hmm. like, oh, you want to bring Hendrix too? You want to come through play with the girl? They got two daughters. Yeah. And we were like, listen, it's almost bedtime, but we're gonna come through and just kick it for a second, and then we're gonna head out. And we literally talked as parents about parenthood. The mm -hmm. kids run around the backyard, we can see them twenty feet away. The two dogs back there, like the neighborhood. To your point, is really everybody's excited about having family. And I've never lived in a neighborhood like this where mm -hmm. we have this kind of community where everybody is. A phone call away, a text message away, advice is, is that close fingertip. So, you know, you called it out, man. I, you know, it's I, I know it came through that clearly, but it's it's definitely uh it's definitely a, a something that that is unique about this spot. Yeah, and, that, and that's real dope. And that's something like you said, like my wife and I were in the process of fixing up the backyard because things like that I want to do for my kids. Like you I start looking around as a father, like, what can I do to make their experience when they look back the same way I look back on my life with my parents. Like, oh, my folks did this with me. Like, I want to have them brag on me someday when I'm gone and I'm up in heaven haunting. Like, hey, you better talk good about me. <laughs> in, as, as, in, in a selfish way, I just want to know, hey, you enjoyed what I, you enjoyed being my child. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and I, I, I did my best because nobody's, nobody's, let's say, 
perfect as a dad. Come like, on. Everybody has shortcomings, but the, the effort is all that that is necessary. Like oh, that has to be an A. That, that- yeah, you have to you have to just the effort. Like yeah. we're only gonna do as good as much as we know. And I'm gonna learn from what my dad did and his shortcomings. I'm going to say, okay, I'm gonna make sure I did better here. But it's yeah. something I'm not gonna do that my son may say, okay, my dad used to not do this. I'm gonna do this better. And I think that's that's the process. We all just just live and grow and use each other to just be the best that we can be. Well, because it's not it's not a destination. This whole thing is 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 a continuum. Everything is about can mm-hmm. I how do I be a better dad than I was yesterday? How am I a better husband than I was yesterday? How am I a better ad man than I was yesterday? Editor, mm-hmm. uh, kids book creator, whatever it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's all about continual improvement. And so, and it's all in in for those little you know crumb snatches. Yep. Okay. And on a, another lighthearted note, before before we go out, I just you know what I'm saying. I want Micah to know that Jay Hood, like, you know how women they have addictions and they <laughs> have like, vices. <laughs> because as a father, like, I've given up like on buying. Like, I'll be going out to the store. I'll be like, I see a pair of sneakers, and I'll be like, mm, I can get my child. Like, yeah, I can get that for my. I'll get something for my son instead of me. But you know, what I'm saying my man Jay Hood, he is. I got to figure out how he's doing fatherhood the way he's doing because my man Jay Hood is a bona fide sneakerhead, right? <laughs> so let's let's look at Jay Hood's sneaker closet <laughs> as a father. Mind you, he's not lacking slacking on his his upbringing of his son, but he's keep ooh, ooh look, look 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 pull it out. Oh man, let's pull the heat out. Let's pull the heat out. Come on, bro. Come on. This is the stuff you see on cribs. Like this, this dude said, like, you know what? Oof. I love my son, but I'm gonna show him the right Oof. way to raise, raise him the right way when it comes to my sneaker collection. Come on, you know the, the funny part is uh, uh-huh. so now when Hendrix comes home, uh-huh. he takes his sneakers off and, and takes a sneaker out of my one of my sneaker boxes and like, all right, that's what's going in there. We're gonna take dad's because uh, I'm putting my heat in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. The heat right here. You know what I'm saying? Most of all, I just wanted to show this to show that Jay Hood has a lot of sneakers. And he has a sneaker hat. Like, you know what's great about that, though? Mm-hmm. Jason, now, have you thought of this? Because I think about this when I look at my shoes. What's You're that? Like, when, when my son gets old enough. Hold up. You said, wait a minute. And he needs a son? pair. You said your son? No. No, no, no. I'm speaking. This is. It, I thought. I thought. You, this is a thought. Like a Freudian slip. Like, okay, go ahead. No, no. No, we got time for that. But <laughs> you can give those, pass that down to him. Like, yeah. There's nothing better, I think, than that. You no, know, because people are always like, oh, you know, this thing. I'm like, that's just Henry's. This is Henry's collection. He just can't fit him yet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's that's all. You, you, you ain't noticed the low key, the 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 the, the photo in the back, Michael. Oh. You ain't seen the low key photo in the back. Like, mm. let me rewind it. We live on TV. You see that right there, though. Yeah. That was his um his uh what do you call those shoots? Um, a maternity paternity shoots. The, yeah, the, the newborn, newborn shoots. shoots. You ain't see it right there, Michael. Oh like, wow! Okay. You see it in the background, overlooking the like. He basically saying, "This to my son, this to my son will all be yours." Yeah, like, Lion yeah. King on him. Like this oh. is all yours. That yeah, and that's that's you know that's the dopest pair of shoes ever made, Jordan threes, and then yeah. the little pair was right there before he could fit them. Man, that's yeah, he's cool. pair ready to go, man. That, that is, is that is awesome. It's all heck, man. That is dope off the awesome. chain. I know, and that's like Michael, you're right. Like that, that's a you know what I'm saying. 
what, what, what did D say? Like that doesn't happen. Like the shoes. <laughs> yeah, but my brother, he had sneakers it too. Doesn't happen. No, because well, yeah, because my yeah. my nephew's six three. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, okay. he's okay. he's going through my brother's shoes. You know what I'm saying? And you got like you said, but you got to keep him. That's up true. To date. But you're gonna end up buying him his own peers anyway. Because come on, yeah, that's yeah. how it is. He gonna want his own peers. But you're leaving it there to kind of set like I'm leaving these to you. Yeah. But it's more of a symbolic gesture, like mm-hmm. hey, yeah. son, this is something you and I can have in common. Yeah. And beyond, it's something beyond your son may just have it's it's memories. It's like a mausoleum to your to your relationship. It's my already- son can tell that to his it's friends. Like mm-hmm. my dad got all the shoes. There you mm-hmm. go. That's that's it right there. Right. It's already a thing, bro. Like when we're getting ready to go to school in the morning, I'm like, all right, was he picking out his own shoe? He's like, this matches and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's three. That is dope. See, that's dope. <laughs> and that, that dope. those are the things that follow. There is no the wrong or right way. You just have to connect. You yeah. have to connect, you have to be present, and you know what I'm saying? And you just have to be willing to be selfless. Yeah. Because you could easily just kept them shoes to yourself and be like, nah, nigga, you gotta get your own. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the what's it the move, the thing from a house party? Nah, my brother, you got to get your own. <laughs> get your own. That is dope, man. But you know, we've made it to the what is we put a buck 45 in. Yeah. You know what I'm Hendrix is going to bed. Jordan is probably like, hey. I know you want to play with your friends. Jordan's probably on a, on a glass of wine by now. So she, you know what I'm saying? And she got yours sitting right there. He got 15 minutes to get you. <laughs> also, there going to be problems, boo-boo. Get <laughs> <laughs> a clap in hands. <clears throat> I know your little podcast is cute and all, but he need to go to bed. We got right. a schedule. No doubt. But you know, Hood, I want to I wanna applaud you. You know what I'm saying? Give you the flowers. Being a great dad, a great husband, yeah. a great man, a great friend. I mean, when I met you, it was all professional work. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. friendship, we forged a friendship where work was just the, okay, we work here together, but the friendship has been there. Like watching him get married, have a kid, start a business, all that stuff, and him hitting us up. Like, we have lunch. Like, what's been, we ain't talked in a minute. Let's let's get up, have some lunch. Yeah. And these are the things I'm trying to put out there. Like, these are the images we need to have more prevalent. These are the things we need to do more as a community, as men with each other just have these conversations i do it with my best friends calvin and mike and my brother d we're in a group chat we'll talk from everything from lebron james being the goat yeah to you know what i'm saying to what our kids are doing at school and basketball you know what i'm saying like that's it things, and it, it, it helps us deal with it because we have that support group so i yeah. want to say i'm proud of you you know continued success in what you're doing and, and, and everything that you're getting you deserve everything good you're getting. You deserve, and you're truly blessed. And I'm proud of you, man. Hey, man, listen. You know it means the world, brother. It means the world. Um, I, I love what you you guys are putting together. You, your brother D. Felix, Mike. I love what you guys are putting together, man. It's just like I said, it's such an honor even to be uh, be invited to come join the conversation. So I'm definitely gonna stay connected. Oh, we're definitely um, gonna do more. We're gonna sure. you're gonna be back on for more episodes because yeah, you. I love it. You got some business stuff that we need you to talk about, and we we're trying to teach these young brothers out there and provide that information, and, and and that you know that's the goal of this podcast is just to teach one. We have a network of people that have this information, and yeah. instead of just let's just put it out there and see who, who wants to jump on it, and we, we do our part as fathers and as, as as men in this community is to to inspire and to to teach the the younger ones. Uh, from us, like the next generation, to provide that imagery, and this is something that you can leave your son. And we're in the technology. The technology yeah. we're in now. This is going to be on the internet forever. 
Yeah. So in, yeah. in 10 years, your son could look back and say, hey, look at my dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at dad. Like, oh, look at me. You know what I'm saying? And that, it's a good imagery to leave behind, man. So I'm, I'm proud of you. And thank you for joining us today, man. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank but, you. you know, and going forward, you know what I'm saying? We, we want to thank everybody for listening today. Um, We want to have, if you want to contact us, you uh, get some of our follow us on our IG at Inside underscore out podcast follow us on ig for upcoming shows and we're trying to do big things in the future with some giveaways and stuff so d felix you know we gonna we're working on some sweaters we're working some hoodies and some shirts we're gonna get michael a shirt too because you know he always clowning me like hey man where my shirt at you know what I'm saying this was just a test run it wasn't the final mm-hmm. just to see what it would do michael like stay on them mike stay on them we're gonna stay on them but, but also follow us we streaming live on twitter l.felix slash media check us out there on twitter Follow us there and also stream it live and on Facebook, the Inside Out Podcast. We stream live on there every Saturday. Follow there, us there as well. And Twitch added that, L Felix Media. And if you want the, the actual audio pod, podcast, that's a lot to say right there. That, that's the, the site. But you can also catch us on all, like, uh, what is it, right here? Yeah. There. You, um, that's where our, our individual website, you can go there to get the um, audio version. But we're available on all the major Google, uh, what is it, uh, Spotify, all those. All your major platforms, we're available there. And you check out Mr. Hood if you want to go in your sneaker competition, go yeah. bar for bar. Put your shoes yeah. up. You put your shoes up, homie. We play you know? for pinks. We play for pinks over here. For sure. We, 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 what is it, make it, take it? Make it, take it. <laughs> make it, take it. Make it, take it. Oh, check oh. him out at, at Mr. J Hood, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you can follow um, and Micah. Uncle Mike. Yep. Uncle Mike Works.com or Uncle Mike Works uh, on Instagram as well. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So check out Mike Works. He got artwork coming and all that stuff. Sure. Stuff going mm-hmm. on. And D Philly, yeah, you do got got all. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have us. You're gonna have us. Shout <laughs> out D. You know what I'm saying? Shout so, out to D for the birth of his what was it? Second child? Man. Oh yeah, yeah. That man gave like yo. Yo. Before we go, like when he when he Man. called me that night, he was like, "Bro, it's about to go down." I can't get over that. He ain't gonna be able to make it, bro. Like I'm gonna have to. And he was like, "I'm just letting you know." And he called the ambulance and everything. But my niece, when she was ready to come, like God, Taylor, I love you, boo boo. Happy belated birthday to you, Tay Tay. I got you this weekend. All right, happy belated birthday gift. But he was like, "Hey, bro, yeah." But he saved a lot of money because it's expensive. So I want to thank everybody for checking us out today. Catch us next week. We'll we'll have another great episode. You know, check us on all the social media platforms to figure out who's going to be on the next episode. Thank my whole my co-host, Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike works. Ladies, check him out. He needs he needs to be a father soon. Like you know, business. that's oh, okay. business. Hit me up for business, business like, please. Business, DM, you never know. You never yeah, know. Whatever, you know, tomato, tomato. You know, get tomato, tomato. But also, my man Jason Hood, appreciate you joining us. Yes. Representing all the great fathers out there, my brother D. Felix, Jay Hood, my man Duval Johnson, Lisa Ron, my best friend Mike, and my man Calvin, everybody, my man Brian Jenkins, my man Eddie Singleton. I, I don't know. The, the list goes on and on of all the great men out there being fathers and being all these great men. My dad, most of all, for inspiring me to be the man that I am. Linton Felix, too. Don't don't forget yourself, yeah. bro. Oh, thank yes. you for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thank you. Sure. You know what I'm saying? All the dope dads out there. Shout all out to you. Dope dads. Yeah, shout out to my pops. You yeah, know, Sean, you know, yes, passed yes. on last year, but shout that's out to him. Right there. Love that's you, peace. You know what I'm saying? No. You, you raised the real one, right? Like that's the man right there. Like, nice. I'm, proud, I'm proud of you, Michael. I want to say that to you. I'm proud of you. 
Your dad would be proud. I'm proud of the man you are. And I want to say that to you. Make sure you know that. All right. Thank you. Amen to that. So like, thank everybody. Check us out next week and we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.